From the Library of Maria Menounos, this is Book Circle Online, featuring in-depth discussion, insight, news, and commentary on all the world's leading book titles and their authors. And now, Book Circle Online. Hey guys, it's another episode of Book Circle Online. I'm Jeffrey Masters, and joining me today is Leslie Lair, author of What a Mother Knows. Thank you for joining us. Thank you. It's my pleasure. Of course. Thank you. It was great. It was a thriller. I was shocked. It is a thriller. <laughs> is that title okay to say? It, no, it is a literary thriller. Okay. I think it's a little deceiving, the cover and the title, but it's definitely, that's what it's meant to be. Yeah. Well, going off that, like, how do you describe the genre? Does it fit into, like, a pretty genre? Well, the genre would be thriller. Because okay. it's a woman who is in jeopardy. Right. But um, do you want me to tell you what the story is? I would love to know it. <laughs> okay. It's essentially about a woman who has a fatal car accident in Topanga Canyon here in L.A. And when she recovers, which takes 18 months, she finds out that not only has a young man in her car been killed, but she, her daughter, who's the only one who might know what happened that day, is missing. Right. So she's essentially a detective trying to figure out what happened to her daughter. She wakes up at knowing having no idea what happened that day and um, being accused of murder. So, yeah, there's a lot of things going on for her. <laughs> yeah, totally. It was hard for me, like, as a reader to, like, the stories following her. It was hard to trust her because she's having these memory issues. These can't trust her body. Depression runs her family. Yeah, I wouldn't say she's an unreliable narrator. But she definitely wants to know what happened, but yeah. she's a traumatic brain injury of person. Course. And if, and that's like my least favorite part of the story. <laughs> but she, because it's true that your, your brain kind of protects you when you go through something traumatic. And so she's trying to remember what happened the last few days yeah. before the accident, because a lot happened in the weeks preceding. And she really just is shocked to find out that, you know, once she recovers, everyone's been lying to her. Her daughter is gone. She's being accused of murder. Her husband's across the country. Her son has gone off to boarding school. And she just thought, you know, everyone has been telling her nice things so she'd get of better. So it's a real shock. And then she has to become a killer, you know, kick-ass mom to really, yeah. really Mommy find detective. out what's going on. Yeah, she's major. Uh, right. Why do you say that that's your least favorite part? Um, because it's not about her memory issues and I don't want it to, it's not like a classic amnesia story oh, at all. Right. Yeah. It's oh, for okay. me, it's, she wakes up and boom, she's got to move. She's on a mission. She's on a mission. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely on a mission. Yeah. That must have been freeing as a writer though. She, you know, when you're as a writer, she's licensed to do anything she wants. Absolutely. When she's looking for her daughter. Yeah. I kind of thought I have two daughters and I thought if one of my daughters was missing, what would I do? And I'd essentially, you know, do anything, but probably wouldn't be as brave as this woman. Okay. So you get to kind of make up a person who's more of a babe and more, you know, active and she doesn't obey anyone and does what she needs to do to, you know, hopefully find her daughter. And she doesn't really care about the case so much, but the kid turns out to be this rock and roll star. So there's a lot going on there too. Yeah. So. Um, going back to what you said earlier about that's huh? what the title and cover right. implies. Right. Were they not your choice? Well, the cover to me is... Um, it's more of a women's fiction cover. It's kind of this oh. nice mommy-daughter thing. And, and the publishers now like to put books in that area and, and make them kind of sweeter looking. And in fact, if you look at the cover, um, the, yeah, they, this, guys. this, this, <laughs> there's no little, there's no girl in, in the story that's that age. It's a teenager who's missing. And, um, yeah, and they originally wanted to take flowers off her dress and put it all around the cover. And I was like, no, that's not really what this book is about. There's a lot of rock and roll in Hollywood and, but it is about this mother. And, and then I got this email from this photographer in Germany and he had taken that picture and the publisher bought it off Getty Images. And he told me, no matter what, do not mention his name. 
because it's actually a picture of his daughter running into the woods and he really wanted to protect her and not exploit her. And that is the theme of the book. How oh, far wow. would you go to protect your daughter? So ultimately I was very happy with it, you oh, know, so it's deceiving, you know, if it you is. think it's, it's this cuddly book. I mean, there's a lot about generations of mothers and daughters. There's a lot going on in it. Of course. But, um, so it, and, and it, you know, it's also not the original title. The, the, the publishers do what they, they want to do. <laughs> and at first they said, okay, we wanted, and I give them suggestions. And sure. I originally had written this book as a literary drama back and forth in time with a car accident and this mother stalking her daughter and this other thing of what really happened up into the accident. And it was, you know, I loved it. It was poetic. And, and then I wrote another book. Um, my agent at the time thought it was a little dark. And so I wrote this other book that did really well commercially as a book club hit. And I thought, you know, I can, I can use the same story and make it much more of a page turner in a linear style. Oh, so wow. that's what I did. And, um, what, but then when they initially said it's what a mother knows, you know, I'd give them all these suggestions. I was like, a mother knows nothing. <laughs> so I'm like, oh my God, I got teenagers, you know? Yeah. So, um, it's like but, the book's like, what does she know? Not a lot, but she's got yeah, her intuition. Right. And she can trust that. No, but <laughs> essentially what became the reality of it is a mother knows she would do anything to protect her child. And every woman in the story, all the different ages, most of them are some variation of different kinds of mothers. And, and, um, I come from a background of doing a lot of books that happen to do with mothers for some reason. And sure. I had a piece in Mommy Wars called I Hate Everybody that Katie Cork <laughs> talked about a lot. So I got a lot of work out of that. Sure. But, um, it was just such a, a, you know, such a strange thing that, that it's about this compulsion of how do we protect our children and living in Hollywood. And anyway, so the title ultimately worked for me. Yeah. What was the original so, title you wanted? It was A Long Way Home. But that, oh, I like that a lot. Yeah, I know. Especially because I know <laughs> you have, you're from Ohio. And, well, I mean, there's a lot of cities in it. And in fact, on my website, there's um, a page where you, um, my daughter did this because, you know, she's much more technologically, t- technologically talented. Um, there's a map of the United States and you can click on, on cities and postcards of where she's looked for her daughter come up. Oh, wow. So Long Way Home really worked out for that. Yeah. And yet it doesn't tell you anything about a st- the story. And so What a Mother Knows really lets you know hey, this is about, you know, what does mother know or not know and how far we'll go to protect our yeah. kids. So, yeah. Um, yeah. It took me actually a second reading the book, being like, oh, Nikki is grown up. She's in high school, 18, 19, not this little girl. And I was like, oh, it's a representation. And I was like, that's exactly. okay. <laughs> that's, that's my initial thing about the cover was, eh. but then it's a thematic thing. And, yeah, and no, it works. Yeah. So I love that story though, about the photographer. Yeah. It's fortuitous. It was really, I, you know, got, it's a goosebump moment. You know? Yeah. And, um, of course I sent him a book and, and he was very happy about it. Oh, so, good. But the girl, you know, she's, uh, you know, and originally the girl was younger too, but we had to make her older. She's actually, she begins at 16 and at the end of the book, she's only, she's 17 and a half. So she's still not grown a child, up. Right. Yeah. You, so you've made some massive revisions too. Oh yeah. As well. Of course. Wow. Is yeah. there like parts of those, like things you'd pull apart that you'd like, yeah. want to come back to? I could do an outtake reel, <laughs> but, or, you know, put chapters, but essentially when you boil a book down to, what's going to be the most exciting thing for a reader. And, and I do a lot of um, lectures and co- consulting and stuff for other writers. And um, it's really what the narrative drive is the most important thing. Sure. And revision is the most important part of writing. My first novel actually 
was really easy to write because it was a much simpler story and it won all these prizes. But the more I write, the more complicated my stories get. I mean, yeah. there's a lot of things going on in this book. And so, you know, you have all these great scenes and great characters, but they really don't help get to what the story is sure. about and you want it to be a page turner. And, and, and not to cut you off, but mm-hmm. it had a great pace to it. Good. Well, yeah. that's the point to get it faster and faster and faster. And one of the reviewers for People Magazine told me... um it was like good news, bad news. She said she read it in two days. And I'm like, man, this took me years to write this book. I put it aside. I came back. Um, but ultimately, that's the goal. You yeah. want a book that someone really wants to know what happened. And usually with this book, usually people don't know, don't guess what happened. No. So that's been a, a great thing for me, you know. I, and and I would love, that's why all those chapters were more distracting. So the more focus you get, that's more of a fear people will guess. But it is the kind of thing that there is a surprise ending, but it's a logical surprise. It and is. And that's yeah. what you work towards as a writer. And I appreciated that. I was like, oh, good. We don't need to be like, oh, she didn't actually open the cabinet and there was a note the whole time. Right. Or the yeah. butler did it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I read too that during the revisions you went back and added a lot of suspense to it. Mm-hmm. Um, just, to, I mean, it's like a very detailed question, but like, how did you actually add suspense to the story? Like, from writer perspective. Well, that really has to do with breaking down the story into the the narrative drive, okay. you know, which is what I was discussing earlier. Instead of going off on tangents, like if you're taking a cruise. You know, if you make too many stops on the side, it slows things down. You want to like have scary things happen on the way and get up there, (laughs) you know. So for me, it was also the first mystery book that I have written, probably last as well. I tend to write whatever I want to write, and it always has to do with things that I feel passionate about. But this really worked well writing it as a thriller. And so I had to figure out when to put the clues and how much to let the reader know and not know and um, the pacing is really how you make things more sp- suspenseful. That said, there's a difference between books that are written to be suspenseful and books yeah. that are written to be more literary. Um, okay. You know, and you know, the literary ones have more description and the this one has more plot, more things happen quickly. Yeah. So that was the goal. Oh, I like that. <laughs> and also like the character's obsessed with fairy tales. She's like this like modern Sleeping Beauty to like put it yeah. at base. <laughs> well, I, I always like a makeover in a book, so... That's fun, and I get to live out, you know, people dress really cool and go right. to fun places and, you know, have them go to Hawaii and Key West and all these great of places. So. And then I get to go there and write it off, you know. Oh, so. very good. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you, you're doing it. You yeah. know what's... <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, these actually, the places that I put in there are places I had already been. Okay. So when you go back, I actually used to have a chapter that happened in Vail, and I did the whole research thing online of all this action happened going up this ski lift and down and I knew the trails and I described it and wow. I'd never been there. So you really can do it, but it's a lot more fun to go there and get the texture because even, even if only three sentences and the, the Key West chapter, I think is one of my favorites. She's chasing, looking for her daughter running for the ship in Key West. And it used to be pages and pages of gorgeous description. And now it's just, she's in Key West. She runs there. She's, but you have enough detail that yeah. the reader can be there. And you took out the description because it just served the story better? Absolutely. Oh, interesting. There's enough description that you know what's oh, yeah. going on. Totally. So, But you don't want to have it be an essay on, here's what Key West is like. Yeah. So. Did you have to do a lot of research, too, with like the legal and the Absolutely. medical stuff? Okay. Yeah. I have a lawyer who is a personal injury lawyer who oh, really? I 
sent drafts to. And ultimately, he would tell me all this stuff. And I've been just working on the screenplay. And I realized, and he'd say, but you know what? It's a book. It doesn't really matter. You can fudge it. But this has a civil case in it and becomes potentially a criminal case. So I wanted to get the jargon right. And also, um, the head of the traumatic brain injury acute care unit at UCLA was my medical expert. So, but the same thing. I had all this information. Now it's like two sentences and I don't even use the, the correct jargon, right. you know, all because real people don't talk like that. So, but I know that it's all logical and that everything's believable so that somebody who maybe is a doctor or a lawyer reading the book or even a kid, you know, who's up on things wouldn't say, Oh, that's that's not real. You don't want anything that takes the reader out of the story. Of course. So. Yeah. And even with like the behind the scenes like film stuff, I was like, oh, this person like knows the lingo. They yes. Well, that was I used to I work in production. <laughs> so I went to film school and I worked on a bunch of movies and videos. Right. And so that was a, she has essentially my old job. So okay. that was pretty easy. And and oddly enough, I find that's I mean there is a making of a there's a music video in here because there's a lot of Doors music which right. is the quintessential LA band and you know die young stay pretty kind of thing um and uh it that seems to be a lot, a lot of the Hollywood people um don't like they didn't like the making of the film stuff in it and that's one thing that I find interesting about the cover and all the press and all the blurbs and all the publicity that I did um they really did not want me to talk about the Hollywood aspect because it really were positioning it in the market as, you know, a book club book. And LA people don't like to read about themselves or something, but I know growing up in Ohio, as yeah. you mentioned your mom is from, um, we love that stuff. It's totally interesting, you know? And, yeah. and this is, you know, sex, drugs, rock and roll here we're in Hollywood. And here's a mom trying to, do her best in, you know, the hellhole of where all the bad things happen that scare you. Yeah. As, you know, when you have kids, so. Oh, that's shocking to me that they didn't like that. Yeah, I'm, but it's really, I, I've just, it's all in there. None of it was cut. <laughs> it's just that I don't usually get to talk about it and people don't usually ask me about it. So, yeah. You know. Are so. people also surprised at how much you know about the doors? Um, that was very fun research, okay. <laughs> you know, and, um, I just, for me, coming from Ohio, I think when I was leaving, my high school friend said, you know, LA, it's a scary place. And they would talk about, um, Hotel California and also the doors were like the LA band. Oh, funny. And so, you know, and Jim Morrison was just gorgeous. And this young man who gets, who dies in the book is that young, gorgeous guy. And it happens that driving through Topanga Canyon, um, which is not too far from here where the accident took place, there's this old roadhouse where Jim Morrison used to play and it's called the cellar and the ruins are still there. And, um, when you drive through the canyon from the valley to the ocean, which I used to do, um, it it's it's really you can hear the echoes of all these old musicians there, and so it was perfect. And the lyrics of that song go into the roadhouse. Yeah, I mean all the lyrics. He was a poetry major at UCLA and um, became a you know songwriter. And his lyrics are real poetry. And in the book, his lyrics are used as clues. Um, you know, he's writing love notes and whatever. So. Um, it worked, it just worked really well. And was that a coincidence that, that like the roadhouse and the, like the ruins on this Topanga Canyon where the car crash was? A coincidence when? Like when you, you were like, is that why the car crash happened there or did no, you actually, found out later? Um, I was, I, you know, that's a really good question. I mean, I drove through and I drove through Topanga Canyon and I, 
recently I have a doctor who said he needs like nausea meds just to drive through because he's yeah, it still scares me. <laughs> and yeah, I mean, people, when you first move here, it's hard, but it's gorgeous. But if you look off, you know, it's dangerous. Yeah. And I always think if you sneeze, you're going to go off. Or if you have that temptation, you know, to yank the wheel or whatever, if you're in a high place, um, it's, so I, Topanga was a natural place for me for this car accident to happen because it can just be an accident. It's a rainy day. This happened. And, yeah. and there's a lot of car accidents. And when there is a car accident, no one gets anywhere for hours and hours because there's one way in, one way out. And I think, I think when I did, I didn't find out when I started doing the doors and that the roadhouse was what I had been driving by. So that was, that was a coincidence. Wow. I knew he was one of the musicians who had lived there, but I, when I did research, I found out he wrote the song about driving up to this roadhouse. You know, keep your hands on the wheel kind of thing. I'm yeah. not going to sing. <laughs> if you want to, so, you can. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah I know that yeah. I, when I drive over there, I, like you said, like you look over, but like not for long. No, you can't. No. But there's this cool little town and you find the shortcuts and, um, you know, it's all about how fast you can, you get used to the curves, yeah, you know, it's totally. A, it's an exciting drive. And so. I have to say though, I love the music references and, um, I'm sure intentionally as a screenwriter, mm-hmm. there was lots of like underscoring, like with the cricket and stuff. And yeah, yeah, I don't know. Sadly, the crickets did not make it into the screenplay, but <laughs> oh, I just no. finished the screenplay and, and it's like, <laughs> there, I mean, just the, yeah, there's that kind of texture. I really love having things. Um, like I just saw Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh, and, I really want to. <laughs> you know, it's a comic book movie. Then the fun thing is, I love having things that you hear about, and then you hear them later and later, and they mean something different every time you hear them, and you realize, wow, that was a really important thing that you just heard. Yeah. You know? So yeah, the crickets were a big deal. The husband of the main character um, is an audio guy, and right. and so he's the kind of guy who puts. Oh, I did a lot of cricket research too. I found this great article in the LA Times about this guy who was a cricket expert and he had identified 600 kinds of crickets. And I thought, this is a great character thing. So I kept it in a file and got to yeah. use it. And they add cricket sounds to movies and TV shows to make things romantic, even in places where there wouldn't be crickets. You know, that's just one of those things. So I thought, oh, I'm going to do this in this book and then she can interpret whether there's real crickets or what that means to her. Yeah. So it's a tiny little thing, but yeah. to me, I, I'm, I'm kind of excited that you picked up that detail. Well, it was like the crickets and then just like walking down the hallway in New York and hearing music. It was like, I don't remember my like auditory senses being so like into a book that you're just reading. Oh, thank you. Well, that's the, I, um, that's the goal is, and that's what I tell people when you're writing is you really want to engage all the senses because you're not in a movie theater when you're in the book you're in the theater of your mind and and it's a translation in my mind i'm hearing everything and smelling it and tasting it and seeing it and to translate onto the page that's you know that's what you do in the when you're revising is you yeah. really need to add it so that it's a real world for your reader right so i'm glad yeah new york uh, i actually went back there and that was fun doing a map and where would she walk and how does she get here and of course it's a small scene but it's real and you know it's real yeah so interesting yeah talking about the screenplay it it, i mean the book works so well i can just like picture it as well yeah on film why write it first as a book oh it's definitely a book i mean i (laughs) you know because i originally thought of it as a book oh okay um and you know i'd written it in a different way and and it's, you know, for me, I'm, I've sold several screenplays. I'm a produced screenwriter, but I've written six books and I have an agent 
who wants, who is right out ready to sell books that I write. So, and my goal really is to translate my books into scripts. And when I write original scripts, it's a much harder deal, you know, and it's hard to sell scripts. And this is a story I love. And in a script, even, like I said, I just finished a script for it and I couldn't add so much stuff because that's the director's job. Yeah. My job is get the story going to where it needs to be and then everybody, you know, has to justify their parking places, right? But also in a book, it's my world. It's it's this great story and I get to do everything. You oh, know? so and when you're writing the book, you get to direct you're it. You're totally God. And star in it. You, yes, okay. you are everything in the book. And so when you do a screenplay, it's really just um, the skeleton for other people to dress, you know, so it's a, it's a completely different animal. Oh. See, I think because you went to school for film, you know mm-hmm. that instead of like prescribing, you're not giving like a fast food order, you know? <laughs> no, yes. And I think that I started, you know, I, I think I sold my first script before I sold my first book. Okay. So I was in that screenplay thing and it gave, when I started writing books, um, it kept my prose very spare. You know, and visual. I, okay. I have to really see a scene in my head before I can write it. Um, oh. But books are so much more fun to write, you know, because you're really, you know, it's, you're, you're making, creating a world. And with a script, you never know if it's going to be made either. Right. So books, anyone can see it in their head. <laughs> <laughs> so that was the plan the whole time to like write the book and then write the movie. It wasn't the plan. Um, I mean, I really just wanted to, this was a book that I've worked on and off um, for seven years on. Oh, really? I wrote, I put it aside. I wrote another book and a script for that. And they both sold and did fine. And I just couldn't give up on this book because there's so many things in it that I really care about. And so naturally, though, I saw it as a movie because it's a movie in my head, you know, when (laughs) you're writing the story. (laughs) That's a good point. So the natural progression is then, okay, I'd love to share this with other people. And and who knows if that will ever happen. But... um, my, I have the opportunity to do what I can to make it go there. But the book is definitely, and I was just thinking this morning, um, because I was fixing typos in the last version of the script. And, um, it's, I don't, you know, I hope people do read the book even if when they see the movie, because there's so much more and so much more emotion. Yeah. And it's so hard. Who knows if a movie is made, who would be in it, how it will be done, you know, and the book is, is, a perfect form. It's exactly the story I wanted to tell how I want to tell it. That's nice hearing too about like all the revisions the editors made you make that you're still happy with it. Oh, absolutely. That's good. Yeah. I mean, I liked the back and forth in time one, but I get it. Nobody, it was harder to keep track of. And this, when people read it in two days, it's really exciting. And I know that it's not as poetic as it was, but it's, it's a stronger story. And I also believe that when somebody cares enough about your words to say, what do you think about this? Well, as a writer, you always have the choice, but it's a gift, you know? I mean, because they don't care if they don't care, you know? Right. <laughs> and and also their job is to make it, to sell books. And of course, I would like to make enough money to support myself to write another book. So my <laughs> right. goal is, you know, and that's a big problem with writers today. It's hard to afford to write because, you know, it's... It's you have to sell a lot of books. Yeah, I'm always so. fascinated by like the writers that come in here, and many are teachers, many are scriptwriters, many are just like, working in many other jobs. Absolutely. Yeah, that's the way it is. When my first book won a prize, and I was flown to New Orleans, and um, it was great, except for they put <laughs> me up in this penthouse, and and I thought it was a practical joke. 
Um, the book was called 66 Laps and Random House bought it. But my first agent had, I mean, I was having trouble getting an agent at the time and I had just sold a screenplay, but I got put up in this penthouse and, um, then this hurricane hit and everything got canceled <laughs> and I got, I missed like all this great stuff. But by the time I came back the next year, I had an agent, I had a editor from Random House, but all these people, all these really well-known novelists who I had idolized because I never knew any writers before. Yeah. Um, we're all like grading papers at lunch and it was such a blow. I thought, Oh, I'm, I'm, my career's made, but you know, it's, it's the kind of thing. If you want to be a writer, you really have to enjoy the process yeah. because that's what it's about. Wow. And then you also didn't set out to be a writer in the, to begin with, right? Yeah. In the beginning. No, in the beginning. <laughs> um, oh, so we, were you, you were producing like a filmmaker? Yeah. Okay. I mean, I, I wanted to produce music videos and I did that and it was, wasn't as fun as I thought. Um, and then I did, um, I was on staff, uh, making commercials and then I went freelance and worked on a bunch of movies, but I always wrote in between and I always thought I could write something better than people. And I just didn't have any connections. I came from Ohio. You oh, know? I see. Sometimes so, that's very inspiring. I hate to say like reading bad work that's published and you're like, Oh, great. Yeah. I, totally. My first book was because I read this book and was like, Oh. Oh, really? I could totally do that better. I didn't know she was married to some big guy, you know, or I would have maybe done yeah. that. But I, I mean, I always had written growing up as a way to rant. You know, I published a lot of things just because it was fun. I never had considered writing as a career at all. Oh, really? Yeah. So it was kind of a... But I wrote in between projects. And then when I had my first baby, it was like, um, you know, you're out of town all the time. That's another element of the book. You know, oh, when right. you're in the film business, you're out of town a lot of time. And if you marry someone in the film business, then you're both out of town a lot of time. Right. And unless you're up in the studio system, which I wasn't, um, it's really hard to make have a family. And so writing gave me an opportunity to do both. Oh, wow. Being serious about writing. Oh, and that's another story that a lot of... I hate to say it, like female writers have told me that they're career women having children and they still need to be creative. Yeah, it's really, it's really hard. Yeah. It's like... You know, your brain. But I, I mean, even when I was in production, I always had a script with me just in case I had time. Oh, wow. But as you know, in production, you never have no. time. <laughs> so, you know, and then there's stories and, and now I go to parties and people always are saying, I have this really great idea. And, and I, I just wait, you know, until they ask me to write it for them. It's like, if I wanted, I mean, I do some ghostwriting, but generally, and I help people with their writing, but yeah. generally I write because I have things I want to say, you know, and <laughs> yeah. it's, if, I didn't get to do that, you know, I feel like that's my contribution, you know, kind of totally. to being alive. Is like, and some people really are helped by stuff. When I write nonfiction, I get a lot of essays back, you know, people responding and just to say things I think are important about love and about life. And so for me, writing is a real privilege and, um, what I, I'm, I'm so happy. I love my job. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah, I just love my job. Amazing. So. And there's not, it's not hard to draw the comparisons between you and Michelle, the main character. Yeah. You have two kids and, you know, a mother yeah. live in Los Angeles from Ohio, yeah. majored in film. Um, why was it so many people go through like struggle to like hide themselves? Why I've was done it not that. For you? you know, this is the first time, this is the first time this woman lives in the house I used to live with. And I found that when I talked to people, um, my last, almost everything every writer writes has autobiographical elements. Yeah. And I just was reading an article in um, the Associated Writers Program journal that was talking about even fiction, um, that 
it's not like it's your life. It's you're taking ingredients from your life and you're writing kind of what what you want to know about. You have big questions about it. And um, when I was making up stories and and it didn't seem to make any difference to the reader. And this one was, you know, well, for example, um, there's two characters in here and their names are real people's names. And I just use them as placeholders. And, oh, and one really? is kind of a combination of women. And um, one is actually my lawyer who advised me on it. And I was, was reading your thank yous. And I was like, wait, like, lawyer named Kenny. Yeah, he likes to go <laughs> a by friend Ken. friend named Kathy. <laughs> yeah, but um, it's so, I mean, I said, okay, I'm going to switch your names up. Yeah. Names are hard. And they're like, no, 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 you can leave more names. And I said, okay, you're going to have to sign something to not sue me. Yeah. And they're like, okay, you know. But um, I think that... It's got the word fiction stamped on it. Totally. Okay. And, and that's the difference between... Fiction really gives you the opportunity to find the emotional truth sure. as opposed to reality when you have to say how much or how little to tell that, you know, of only true things. Yeah. But um, it was, to me, a lot... I just felt like this was a story that happened in the Valley and all these places in LA and um, around the country and there didn't, didn't seem any reason to make up a different kind of house, you know? Okay. So it is, uh, I mean, it's not me, but there's very, a lot of elements of my life and other people's lives who I knew. And that definitely added some reality to it and definitely made it easier to, to write so I could concentrate on the more exciting aspects. Oh yeah. You know? And you said this is so much harder to write than your other books. What was like the biggest struggle for you? I think two things. One was the form of it because I had started it um, actually I went to, I had written like four books, I guess. And then I went to graduate school, um, about eight years ago, six years ago. I don't know when it was because I thought, oh my God, I'm writing, I'm selling, but I might need to teach full time, you know, to make a living. Yeah. I was going through divorce. I didn't know what was going to happen money wise. And so, um, I went and during graduate school, they want you to write something. And I had just finished this big project and I'm, I plan out my stories. I need time to really figure it out before I start writing. They wanted you to start writing right away. So um, I, I didn't do that, and that made them very mad. But by the end of the thing, I wrote the whole first draft of the novel as my graduate thesis, which was really unusual um, to write a whole novel. And you know, Yeah. Um, but I had already been published. You know, I was just going to see if there's what else I could get and get those letters behind my name. So... Um, I loved that draft because I spent so much time on every section of it and it was so poetic and beautiful. But when I left, it was like, okay, this is lovely and beautiful, but, you know, so I knew I was going to have to rewrite it as a much more commercial novel. Oh, I see. And so I wrote this other stuff that sold and I came back to it. But also because um, the themes in it are so important to me, you know, really about how raising kids in LA. <laughs> yeah. How do we protect our children? And yeah. also what we don't know about our parents and how we raise our children differently, maybe because of things we think they did and not even knowing why they did what they did. Yeah. And it becomes this whole cycle of generations and parents and children. And how are we going to raise our children? Is the same or different? And, and the secrets that we might not know. And so for me, it had a lot of things about different ways that women, you know, at different ages and young women can have babies and, and have um, parent their, their kids. And it. I don't think, you know, there used to be the big mommy war things where people thought women are competitive, even in business. Everyone thinks women hate each other. I think that hopefully now women really are much more accepting of 
each other and trying to help each other. And we're just doing everything in different ways. So for me, it was a way to really talk about different kinds of love and family and how much we try. And there's also some really hot love scenes in the book. There's this like romantic through line. And right. I've had, it's what, that was a funny thing because the editor um, made zero comments on that chapter. And I thought, did you read it? Or did you were you embarrassed by it? And a love yeah. scene has to move the plot or else it shouldn't be in there. Yeah. You know, so I was thinking, she, I hope she read it because otherwise she won't get what the next chapter is. But there's a couple of scenes and, and there's just so many different parts of what I think is important, which is, you know, all you need is love. Right? So <laughs> anyway, it sounds really cliche. I know. But the book mean, has, it's, for, for me, it's, it has a lot of profound meaning. Absolutely. So it's not just a fun story. Yeah. I, I mean, and I know it's like, it was such a small thing, but I love the symbol of like the starfish with like regenerating its entire body. Yeah. I had to look that up. I didn't believe that was true. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Research is a fun way to procrastinate, but you also find out really interesting things. I believe it. So yeah, there's a lot of starfish and, and the guy is the, this one guy's a total Trekkie. So I got to say, you know, the whole rivalry between Star Trek and Star Wars. And that was really fun too. Yeah. Okay. So what are you working on now? Um, I, well, I just finished the screenplay for this this morning. Oh, wow. And um, Congratulations. Thank you. Yeah. So now I'm going to get out and sell it and um, have some people interested. And I actually have a, a great title for my next book, but I haven't figured out the story yet. So, um, and I'm working with a lot of other people on their, on their things, on their projects. Oh, you work as a consultant? I am. Yeah, That's very cool. It, it's so fun because when it's not your own thing, I can... I'm a real structure diva and um, I can, someone has all this stuff going on with their story and I can say, okay, I can show them opportunities to make it work, make the story work. Yeah. So that's really fun. And also I have been ill recently and so I'm kind of getting back to full speed and getting the creative cylinders going. My analytic right. powers, no problem. I don't know why that happened, but um, so that's, I'm like just thinking, I, and I do have a producer just approached me about writing a, a script with her and so i'm weighing that as well it's okay. like you know so I, i'm actually working really a lot it now. sounds like it yeah i had a couple of down years and um you know the book is it's yeah i i totally love my life so it's going well that's amazing yeah. <laughs> all right well thank you for being here this was so much fun thank you it was a pleasure yeah Jeffrey, appreciate it. and uh, then you really read the book closely that's such a gift <laughs> to me i, I always read them i book. promise <laughs> no it's really it's really fun it's it's my favorite book and um it's the one that i want to be remembered by so i'm excited about it oh thank you so, all right well thank, thank you. you all right thank you guys we will see you next week goodbye from managing editor Jason Squamata, executive producers Maria Menunos, Phil Svitek, and Kevin Undergaro, we would like to thank you for tuning in to Book Circle Online. For more discussion, go to bookcircleonline.com. And if you have comments, questions, or book title suggestions, write us at info at bookcircleonline.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this is Book Circle Online. BCO, join the circle.